Shea butter and popcorn. <laughs> okay, let's start the show. Sit back, relax, and listen. Friday's gonna have you glistening. Get ready for a real good vibe. Shea butter and popcorn. Now live. Welcome to Shea butter and popcorn with Taj and Chels, season two, episode fifteen. Shea Butter and Popcorn is the all-inclusive podcast giving you the exclusive. This podcast focuses on reviewing our favorite films. My name is Chelsea, a.k.a. Chels. I'm a singer, an actor, and all-around movie lover. Taji, let them know who you are and what we're talking about today. What's up, y'all? It's your girl Tajiana, a.k.a. Taj here. Also, actress, filmmaker, and activist. And today... We are talking about a subject that is very special to me, (laughs) education. Yes, we are. Movies about education begins now. Now, the education education system is broken in America. I'll say it again in case y'all didn't hear me. The education system Uh, in America is broken. It's so broken. Seriously. Broken. It's broke. (laughs) Not working. Budget cuts, underpaid teachers, not enough books. Some schools don't even have Man. Uh, books, the limited supplies, the Look. the lunch plans, the whole fiasco, kids not... No nutrition. No nutrition. Understaffed, kids understaffed and overpopulated. Right? And these kids depend on these meals at school if they're not getting food at home. So many people are not being poured into to where they don't believe that they can attend higher education or become people with, you know, respectable professions. Literally. It's a shame. Did y'all know that there's like probably, so y'all have school counselors. My high school, it was like three or four. And that's like a few hundred students to every counselor. Like, you don't, not everybody's going to get that attention that they need, depending on the student, you know, different students have different needs. Yeah. But look, we, something needs to be done. We need to figure it out. It's true. It's not right. It's still not right. <laughs> um, and I feel like it's messed up because they really tailor it to uh, where you're at, you know, the zip code. There's some kids and if it's like, oh, you're in the zip code, oh, you're going to get this type of education versus this zip code. You're going to have to work harder to be able to get the same uh, knowledge or be on track as another student. And it's it's awful. I feel like there should be equal opportunity. It's just wrong. It's just so wrong. And some classes, too, I feel like it depends on where you're at uh, location-wise because growing up in Texas, yeah, sure. you're required. Uh, I went to a really good high school. I went to Wakeland High School in Frisco. And, of course, we had, you know, the we were really uh, sports-heavy, but also we were also education-heavy. So even though it was like a 4A school and they do that by, by size, it was a huge school, you know, got multiple football fields, swimming pools, tennis courts, all that type of stuff. Everybody was required to take um, AP classes, especially juniors and seniors. You had to take physics. You had to take calculus. You had to take all of this. And then I moved to California as a sophomore. And when I am in uh, the school setting that I was in, um, thank goodness I was raised with the tenacity to want to learn and do better. But physics is not required. Here in mm-hmm. California. I did not take no physics. Mm-hmm. Physics is not required. So much stuff. Um, I think it's just like geometry and then like algebra two. But there's like so many different like math courses that aren't like pushed or you're, it's there, but you're not like actively like 
push to do it, you know, and mm-hmm. it's just like to challenge yourself. It's just, it's not right. We're going to get into it. Um, the movies this week will showcase burnt out teachers, students who could not care less, budget cuts, and maybe some drug use. So enjoy. <laughs> Lord. Ah, here we go. First movie, Detachment, 2012, directed by Tony Kale. So you have Henry Barthes, played by legendary actor Adrian Brody from The Pianist, who is a substitute teacher who shuns emotional connections and never stays long enough in one district to bond with his students or colleagues. He's troubled, he's lost, but he lands a job at a public school where an apathetic student body and disinterested parents have created a frustrated, burned out group of teachers and administrators. So inadvertently, Henry becomes a role model to his disaffected students and bonds with a teen runaway who is just as lost as he is. This movie is so good and so, so underrated. So many people have not even heard of this movie. It came out when I was in high school. Detachment is so very good. The cast of characters are so strong. You have Sammy Gale, who is from Blue, Blue Bloods. I believe she plays the daughter. Um, Nancy. Christina Hendricks from Good Girls is in here. James Caan. Brian Cranston. Marsha Gay Harden and Lucy Liu, even. It's so powerful. Though you really see how it is, like the title says, um, Adrian Brody's character is completely detached. And I think when we have detached teachers, it shows that parallel why the students become detached or the students don't want to push themselves and they're not inspired because they don't find anybody that cares. So they're not um, being instilled the values to care themselves about anything. Um, And you kind of see this, this um these broken people leading other broken people is like the blind leading the blind but it's it's very well done this is like an indie drama i believe it's available to stream on amazon prime and voodoo's voodoo app as well so everybody should check this out it's very very good my second film my goodness this just keeps getting better and better (laughs) half nelson (laughs) no because this is my list is fire (laughs) y'all i love it I love that energy. Oh, my gosh. Half Nelson, 2006, directed by Ryan Fleck. So you got Dan Dunn, played by Ryan Gosling, who is a history teacher at a Brooklyn school. Um, And in New York, even though he's well-liked by his students and colleagues, unlike Adrian Brody's character in the previous film, he secretly spends his evenings hopping bars and getting high. So, (laughs) yeah. You got a, a, a drug a drug head teacher here. A female student named Dre, played by Sharika Epps. And honestly, I don't know what she's been up to as of late, but this girl, so good, such a powerful actress. She catches him in a drug-induced haze after a basketball game. And I believe she finds him in, the, uh, in like the hallway or something like that, or he's coming out the bathroom. And these two strike an unlikely friendship. As Dan struggles with his addiction and tries to go into recovery, um, he begins to be sort of a mentor to the girl whose brother is serving time for dealing drugs. This film is really, really gritty. It's another indie darling. Um, Sharika Epps plays against Gosling and plays alongside with him at the same time. It's such a magnetic pace, which makes this film just sing. The cinematography is, is really great in these moments. It's really like watching real life, almost like a documentary more so than a movie. Um, Gosling is... 
his character as Nelson is so funny because he is the protagonist of the story, but at the same time, his character, he's the antagonist in his own life as well at the same time. So we see him be his own saving grace and his own downfall repeatedly. So that's why he's like half Nelson. He's half himself, who he appears to be to other people, and then who he is behind closed doors with the drug addiction. This is a great film. It's available on Amazon Prime to rent and stream. Used to be on Netflix, but they took it down. Darn it. But it's really good. I think that people would really enjoy it. And um, yeah, and, and I mean enjoy it as in enjoy good cinema. I don't mean like, oh my God, yes, because like, the subject matter is like ooh, for both of these. Um, but if you just want to enjoy a, a good drama, that's a great one. My last film, Keeping the Dramas Coming, Freedom Riders, 2007. Uh, right? Freedom Riders. I feel like a lot of people. It's such a classic. Like, it is. such a classic. It's so good. Directed by Richard Lagravinis. Um, a dedicated teacher played by Hilary Swank. Boys Don't Cry, Million Dollar Baby. And a racially divided L.A. school has a class of at-risk teenagers deemed incapable of learning. So instead of giving up, she inspires her students to take an interest in their education and planning their own future. So she assigns reading material. Um, before I go on, that means that she's, she's a teacher that cares, okay? That's why she wants them to help plan their future. She definitely cares about her students. So she assigns this reading material that relates to their lives and encourages them to keep journals. And so the reading material she assigns, of course, is the diary of Anne Frank after one student, I believe his name is Jamal, is being bullied in class and they draw a uh, caricature picture of the student. And then she goes into this amazing monologue um, and she talks about the Holocaust. And then um, it's so emotional. She takes them through this book, the diary of Anne Frank and the student's, are really tapping into the human spectrum of emotion and how to power through in times of adversity. It's like therapy for them. And the students actually really relate to this character. Um, Of course, Anne Frank, and they relate to this young girl and um, they get attached, you know. Um, The gang life really envelops the characters in this story um, where they live um, in this neighborhood. And so, you know, you have, Blacks versus Mexicans versus Asians, and they're all fighting, and there's so much discord outside with the claiming turf, and this is my block, and this is my block, and this is my block, and that is my block. But they all come together in this English class um, eventually, slowly but surely, and in this English class, it's like they're one. So it's not that separation there. Um, it's definitely heartbreaking to see the young lives interrupted through violence, but at the same time, one can see how human everyone is. And everyone deserves the opportunity and everyone has the opportunity to change their narrative if they take it. So this film is actually available to stream on Netflix now. So if y'all have Netflix, please check that out. If you haven't already, came out a minute ago. Like, I don't know, Freedom Riders. I don't know why y'all haven't seen it. You know what? I think, Taj, this is a movie that should definitely be shown in, like, English classes. Like, it should be required. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. I don't, yeah, everybody. Especially if you have a class that you feel like, um, you're dealing with students who have experienced a lot of trauma or have things that are setting them back. I feel like this movie would be definitely inspirational for them to see. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, definitely, definitely shows the inner city in such a very true uh, light um, where it seems like there is no hope, but at the same time, there is. There, there's a glimmer, and that's it's within you, students. It's in the students. Yes, it is. 
Those it's are my films. It sounds. Yes, those are my films for this week. I hope you enjoyed them. Taj, you let them know what yours are. Yes, I'm so excited, y'all, because as a teaching artist, I'm around youth all the time. For the past couple of years, I've been like teaching film, acting, um, and also with my current job, I teach Black youth, um, or I guess less teach, but also um, more so helping them with their homework, teaching them about their culture. There's the teaching aspect. There we go. Teaching them about their culture um, and, you know, facilitating enrichment activities and things of the sort, loving on youth because they are the future. Um, we are the future as well, but they're coming up behind us and they're looking at us. Um, so, yeah, um, my first movie is The Great Debaters, uh, which came out in 2007. It was directed um, and is also starring Denzel Washington um, and produced by Oprah Winfrey. Um, and it stars a lot of heavy hitters besides himself. Forrest Whitaker and also Denzel Whitaker. Like what? Forrest Whitaker, Denzel Washington, Denzel Whitaker. What? And no, Denzel Whitaker is not related to Forrest, even though he looks like he could be. Crazy. <laughs> Anyways, um, Nate Parker and Journey Smollett. Love this cast. Um, wow. Um, Kimberly Elise is up in there too. Um, yeah, it just, oh my gosh, so great. Um, but it, the screenplay was written by Robert, um, Isley. Um, and this film is actually based on a true story and the plot revolves around, um, this debate coach who's also is, he's like a poet professor person, Melvin Tolson at Wiley college, which is a historically black college related to the Methodist Episcopal church, in the South, which is now known as the United Methodist Church, to place his team on equal footing with whites in the American South during the 1930s when Jim Crow laws were common and lynch mobs were a fear for Black people. So the fictional Wiley team eventually succeeds to the point where they are able to debate at Howard, uh, sorry, excuse me, where they're able to debate at Harvard University. Um, shout out Howard, that almost said Howard is at HBCU. Um, but they're able to debate at Harvard University. It shows the turmoil, you know, them going through that racism and just being able to um, overcome that. Um, so the movie explores social constructs in Texas. Shout out to Chelsea, just rep, rep Texas, explain her journey about education in Texas um, during the Great Depression. Um, yeah, during the Great Depression. And it shows the day-to-day insults that um, Black people had to endure, um, you know, and just how how do you navigate that um, and just lynching and things of that sort, unfortunate things. Um, it also depicted um, James Farmer Jr., who at 14 years old was on Wiley's debate team after completing high school and who went on later to co-found the Congress of Racial Equality. Um, another character on the team, Samantha Book, um, is based on the real individual, individual Henrietta Bell Wells, um, who was also an acclaimed poet and the only female member of the 1930 Wiley team who participated in the first collegiate interracial debate in the U.S. Um, it says the key line of dialogue used several times is a famous paraphrase of theologian St. Augustine of Hippo. An unjust law is no law at all. Another major line repeated in slightly different versions according to context concerns doing what you have to do in order that we can do what we want to do. In all instances, these vital lines are spoken by the James L. Farmer Sr. and James L. Farmer Jr. characters. Um, So this cast did a beautiful job. I feel like this movie definitely just shows that 
you know, black youth can and want to be, you know, something other than what you think they would want to be. And just showing that, you know, we're, we're so intelligent, so smart. And like you just, you know, sometimes you just need that person who can advocate for you and, you know, be able to push things forward, especially during this time, having to be like 14, 15, like trying to navigate racism while also like trying to be great. Like I can't, um, but yeah, I think the film definitely highlighted that like, you know, black people like can love academia too. And um, I just thought that was great. So loved it. Um, my next one is actually a TV series. It's called um, Sex Education, which is actually a British comedy drama um, web TV series. And I know you guys are probably like, what the heck are you talking about? But this film, um, or not this film, this TV series, I feel like um, I haven't finished all of it, but it's a very interesting. I feel like as someone who identifies as asexual, I think it's very important to be aware of like, I don't know, like sex is a very common topic or like, you know, talk of discussion in our culture. And I feel like um, I'm not like advocating. I don't know how, how old y'all are listening to this, but I'm definitely not advocating for everybody to just be buck wild. But I definitely think that there um, can come a lot out of like watching something that is informative um, through a narrative aspect, like teen pregnancy dropped heck of much after, um, you know, people watched Juno when Juno came out and yeah, it talks about, you know, amazing. teen pregnancy and like them having sex and stuff like that. So I think, you know, within reason, I feel like, you know, is definitely can do more good than harm. Um, but it basically um, highlights a socially awkward teenager um, and his mother, who is a sex therapist, and um, this actually is on Netflix. So if you guys want to watch it, um, it came out. Um, it came out last year, and it's still on there. Um, but it basically um, follows his base, his life, um, navigating the fact that he has a mom who is a sex therapist, um, but how he despises it and is like awkward and like ew, you know, and it highlights the lives of like his friends and like, you know, what kids are doing at that age and like, you know, what kids are not doing at that age and just their language around how they describe stuff about how they think, you know, certain things are funny about sex or things of that sort. So it's a very interesting film, very uh, interesting TV show. Sorry. Um, And it's very timely. Um, And she, you know, showing that there's this adult that is very like, um, she's very frank. She's very open about like all aspects of sexuality. Um, but um, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of, um, it, it's interesting because one of the episodes highlights, um, you know, how the school bully, um, you know, has some like anxiety around his sexual performance, but his, the mom from the awkward character kind of like, kind of helps him but without like trying to help him um and so out of that otis who's the main character sets up a sex advice business um with mave um this confident but troubled classmate this girl um to educate their fellow students on how to deal with their sexual problems so interesting um and if you watch the rest of the episodes you'll kind of see how the narrative how each episode introduces a new topic but also how the narrative continues to flow how it's like one full fledged story. Um, and you know, STDs, STIs, and like, you know, it also talks about asexuality too. So like lack of, but 
it's just very interesting and i would watch it if you want to be like informed and like learn different things um last film or visual piece (laughs) um is dead poets society um rest in peace robin williams um this film came out in is the oldest film it came out in 1989 and it was directed by Peter Weir. I don't know if that's how you say his name. Sorry if I just um, butchered your name, but I believe it's Peter Weir, um, written by Tom Schulman. Um, and I believe that, I don't know if this is like top 10, I don't know how many projects Robin Williams um, has performed in, but I believe this is like, I think, I want to believe that this is on the the higher side, I believe. I don't know if it's top 10 or not, but I really enjoyed um, it's set in a 1959 fictional elite conservative Vermont boarding school um, called Walton Academy, and it tells the story of an English teacher um, teaching um, his students um, poetry and inspiring them. Um, so in the autumn of 1959, this shy student begins his senior year um, of high school there. So it's an all-male elite prep school, by the way. Um and he is assigned one of Wilton's most promising students, Neil Perry, as his roommate and is quickly accepted by his friends. So um, on the first day of classes, they're surprised with this English teacher because he has an unorthodox way of teaching, like um, unorthodox teaching methods. Um, John Keating, he encourages his students to make your lives extraordinary. Um, basically, Carpe diem, which is a Latin expression meaning seize the day. So that is very common throughout the film. You'll see there's like shots of them standing on desks. Um, they, they take turns to stand on the desk and demonstrate ways to look at life in a different way. He tells them to rip out the introduction of their poetry books, um, explaining a mathematical formula used for rating poetry. Um, and he v- invites them to make up their own style of walking in a courtyard to encourage them to be individuals. Um, so it's very, very interesting. Um, and it does have a sad ending, so I won't give that away. But um, they also retreat um, before the ending that shows them also like retreating to this like hideaway cave on campus where they read poetry and verse. Um, and they, it just is a very interesting outlandish Film And I believe that it's done a good job of showing like how teaching education doesn't have to be traditional. And that was in 1989. Like it doesn't have to look a specific way in order to get students to want to learn or get them interested about learning um, that it can be outlandish. I don't know to what extent, I don't know about going to that extent, but I think it was a very good extreme of showing like what could, what could some possibilities be. Um, so yeah, um, it just shows their life, um, you know, living in this dead poet society. Um, and there's some turmoil that happens. Kind of want to leave it there, leave some ambiguity, but it's a very interesting film. So I would go watch it. It, um, it had a 16.4 million budget and did 235.9 million at the box office, which is really good. Yeah. So, um, I would definitely, definitely watch it. Yeah. What'd you say? I said, rest in peace, Robin Williams. Man, a great, like, love. I, I just, I'm such a comedy nut. I, I'm, I miss him. I really do. Very unfortunate, but I mean, he did fantastic with this piece. I don't know who else would have 
been able to like him being such a great like comedic actor such a great comedian like pulling off a teacher role where you're supposed to be telling the students to stand on desks like come on yeah. like no brainer beautiful beautiful casting um but yeah th- those are my films awesome let's get into our next segment personal everest now when one makes a big summit up a mountain say mount everest for example there's a set of skills and tool set that one must master or adhere to with a great team around them to get the job done So the personal Everest for a director making a movie about education would be, in my opinion, to tell the truth and not shy away from it. Uh, I think I liken it to like when someone is making a political drama, you know, Um, you have to go there. We Mm -hmm. all know where there is. Um, (laughs) I think that one, (laughs) you have to be able to just know how to relate to viewers, the dark disparity in public schools or just the education system um, compared to more elitist ones due to underfunded inner city groups. And at the same time, you have to be able to show the dark side of schools that are the boarding schools or the private schools, like you mentioned, Dead Poets Society, you know, how they have those holes too of uh, pressuring people to be a certain way and a certain thing, which I think is so, so very true. What What do you think, Taj? Yeah, I think that it's important to show the highs and lows, the complexities of teaching. I feel like teaching is not, you know, it's one of, if not the the most, um, like, difficult job um, because you're shaping the brains and the lives of, like, youth um, during their formative years mm-hmm. um, or even, I, I guess, also young adults. Um, you're, like, the person that they're with besides their parents or, like, other loved ones. Mm-hmm. which is like very important um and teacher like students remember like you know teachers like impact on them way into adulthood yeah. um so i think it's important to like showcase like you know all the complexities of it of like you know before it even gets to that point like you know if there is a turmoil ter- if there was turmoil with the student before you know now i'm like her forever mentor like just showing the complexities and also like the joys of it too um because as someone who teaches, like, it's not easy, but because you want to see them be their best selves, it's, like, it's great. So I think highlighting that and, like, you know, the disparities between different, you know, schools, like you said, is very mm-hmm. important to stay truthful. But showing that, you know, no matter who you are, like, education is important and, like, being a well-informed person in society and, like, well-versed person in society is, like, only, it can only do you good. Um, and, yeah. I think the films that we talked about really showcase like the whole trajectory of that, like no matter what skin tone you are and like th- things like that, like you need it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Well, thank you all for listening. Uh, please tune in next week. We will be discussing movies that show Asian representation. I am yes. so excited about this. It's going to be amazing. We are definitely continuing to branch out, continuing to grow with this podcast and talking about all sorts of topics. And cultural representation is something that definitely needs to be shared and brought up to conversation, which I feel like isn't not enough. So please feel free to tune in next week as we discuss that and those type of films. Follow us on social media to stay updated on this podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at ShayButterPop. Follow us on Instagram at ShayButterPopcorn or follow us individually. You can follow me at Chelsea J Music on Twitter or Instagram. 
and me at Tajiana underscore on Twitter or Instagram. Yes. All one word, all lowercase. Follow us. Let us know what you thought of this episode. Yes, be us. Let us know. Bug us, honestly. <laughs> Please. Please. <laughs> <laughs> all right. See y'all next week. Bye.